This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Tonight, um, I really truly hope that you have been here the last Wednesday night for uh, Minister Stenson's teaching and Minister Martin's teaching. Um, because what what they were teaching kind of flows into what I am teaching. What I'm going to be teaching about is purpose and singleness. Now, so so what what purpose and singleness? And we just talked about the assurance of God's presence, and then the other one was uh, grace, God's cure for covetousness, and singleness. How is all of that tied in together? All that has to do with being in position with God. All that has to do with being content and understand what, what, it, what did we just learn? We just learned this. When I am with God, he is with me. And that's peace. All of that, all of that ties in together. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to start there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we're going to start at verse 25. So verse 25 says, and don't get messed up in any of these words that you hear. So before I start this, we are talking about singleness. We're talking about purpose in singleness. This is not to bring any condemnation on anything you have done or are doing. If you're doing something that you are that is out of line with God, get in line with God. We're going to talk about that. But this this is what we're looking at. We're looking at purpose and singleness. So don't get all messed up because of what may have happened in your past, what may be going on now, what you just may be even thinking about, okay? So just listen. Listen with just an intent to hear and understand, okay? Don't get caught up in, in your head. Just listen. So um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25 says, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress, I say, that it is good for a man to be so. So it's going, as I'm reading this, this is Paul, and he's writing to the church of Corinth. And as I'm reading this, you're going to hear Paul say stuff, and it'll sound like he's contradicting himself. Or he's saying the the opposite of what he said, because what he's trying to show you is um, he's giving you some information, but he's saying at the end it's all the same. Okay, so keep that in mind. So what he said right there, I suppose, therefore, that it is good for the present distress. I say that is to be good, that it is good for a man to be so. So wherever you are right now, it's good where you are. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. So what he's saying there, he's, he's saying, okay, are you married? Then don't, don't worry about it. Stay married. If you're not married, then don't worry about it. Stay single. He's saying wherever you are, it, it's fine. Then he says in verse 29, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they weep not, and they that rejoice as they as though they rejoice not, 
but and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. But I would have you without carefulness, he that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to God, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncommonly towards his virgin, if she pass the flower of his age, and need so, need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not. Let, him, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but power over his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart, that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. So all of that is saying, like I said, you read one scripture and you say, this is good, and this is better. This is good, and this is better. Basically, Paul is saying here, look, We'll go to this. We'll go to this scripture right here. Look in verse twenty-nine. But I, but this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both that be both that both that have, they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they weep not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and though that buy as though they possess not. So basically, what he's saying there's a time that's coming. It doesn't matter where you are or what state you're in. It, that's not going to matter. The big thing is here says here in verse 35, says, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. That's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being married. There's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be married if you are not married. Now, if you're married, you, want, you stay married. If you are single and you want to be married, that's fine. If you're single... And you're dating. That's fine. You, you date within the constraints of what God says you date. You, you have not sinned. It says there, if you're engaged and you've got to have a long engagement, it says there, have a long engagement. If you figure out, no, we need a shorter engagement, have a shorter engagement and get married. But what, what it's saying here is whatever you do, make sure that you can stay focused on God. Because whether you're single, engaged, married, all of that, the goal is focused ministry. What that means is focused service to God. The important thing is that you complete the assignment that God gave you. So, what we have to realize, and sometimes I think we forget this, everybody starts off single. When you are born, you are not married. Okay? No matter if your parents, you know, some cultures, they, they match them up before birth, but you're still not married. So, being unmarried or single is unavoidable. You're going to be single in your life. Now, some people, they're single. They get to a certain age, they get married, and they stay married most the rest of their life. Some people stay married most of their lives. And then some people find themselves married, and then afterwards they find themselves unmarried for different reasons. Then some people, they never get married. They always stay single. But the thing about it is it really doesn't matter 
where you fall into those things, you still your focus still has to be God. So the objective of this teaching is that we have to learn how to maximize our single or unmarried state and fulfill God's purpose. It's very important that believers know how to have godly success in an unmarried state. The thing about that is, so some of you in here, you're married, and you're like, okay, this is still great. I'm just going to sit here and just kind of, you know, go through the motions. I'll nod my head. I won't go to sleep. But understand this. You have children. Guess what? You need to teach your children how to be secure and how to be validated and how to complete God's purpose in that unmarried state. You know people who are unmarried. So just because you're married doesn't mean you get to tune out. So the objective, once again, for this teaching is we want to learn how to maximize our single state and fulfill God's purpose. So it's very important that believers know how to have godly success in our unmarried state. Now, to do this, we have to get in position. Once we get in position, we have to move with purpose, and then we have to stay in purpose. So we've got to get in position, we've got to move with purpose, and we have to stay in purpose. So when we talk about single people or single believers, it's, I was thinking about it, it just ranges a, a whole gamut. It, it goes from very, very young to very, very old. It's, it's all different kinds. So there are different types of single believers or unmarried believers, however you want to say it. So there are, there are those that have never been married. So like I said, we all start off as single. We all start off as unmarried. So you have those um, that are like the older, well, we'll say CME, youth with conviction, that adolescent, teenage years. These children, they, they, they still are under their parents. They live with their parents. Their parents are responsible for them. But the thing about it is they've at the, they're at that age where they become op, uh, interested in the opposite sex. So the thing about it is their hormones have been turned on, so there's some things going on with them, and, and they start looking a little different. Their life looks a little different because they're looking at the opposite sex. They're thinking about dating. I was talking to my nephew. Apparently they have some uh, assignments in YWC about dating, and I was talking to him about that, and I said, tell me what dating is. And he's like, oh, and can, I cannot tell you what dating is. I'm like, yeah, you can't tell me what dating is. And we had a discussion, but, and, and he's 13. And he's 13, and all those things are already going on in his mind. So it's very important that we re- remember, and it's supposed to be. His hormones have been turned on. That's the way God, turned, God set it up. But it's very important that we stop looking at them as the little children and realize there are things that are going on and make sure we address that in a godly manner. So that's why I bring those in, the adolescents and the teenagers. We can't, just can't say, okay, you're a grown-up. Now let's start talking about being a, a purposeful single in God. No, they need to learn how to be purposeful from, from the beginning to the end, from uh, what's the youngest age back there? The babies. They need to be purposeful. Then... Once that, you kind of flow now, you know, you, these are not hard stops. You know, you flow into these groups. So you just kind of one day you, you flow in. Your next, your next group is the post-teenager or the young adult. That's going to be those older teenagers, the 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, that age group. So that age group, you know, this is kind of what I see it. It's when dating stops being just kind of like a fun social thing and there starts the expectation starts to be a little bit different. Because when you think about it, um, when you're like in high school, most people, they may want to get married, but they're not trying to get, you know, like people don't, most people don't get married in high school. You know what I mean? 
That some people do, and if you did, that's fine. But that's not really what they're looking for as far as society goes. It's not a pressure. But what happens is, so you get out of high school, and either you get a job or you go to college. And right around that, those few first few years after uh, high school, right around 19, 20, 21, that's when things start to change. That's when, oh, this guy's really nice or this girl is really nice, and it starts looking at, should I be serious about this person? That's when you start thinking about, okay, um, well, you know, a lot of you, they do a lot of studies, and they say a lot of people meet their mate in college. So a lot of people feel like, or oh, my parents met each other in high school or in college, so that's when I'm going to meet my, my husband or my wife. So that's when those expectations start to, start to change because you've grown now. So you can start thinking about those things. So at that age, they may not be making all the decisions, but they're starting to make more decisions on their own. They're starting to become, roll into what we call more of the responsible adult. And this is when you're getting older, like, like this would be me. I'm, I'm old, but, you know, like late 20s, early 30s, those, those ages. And that's when society may start saying, well, why aren't you married? Or why haven't you been married? But those are all, those, all, all those age groups are singles. So, like, I'm old enough to be Raya's mother. Both of us are single women. We have different expectations of our, our, of our singleness. I don't want to say expectations, but views of it. You know, at my age, I see things a certain way because it's my perspective, what the experiences that I've had. She has not had those experiences, so she looks at it a different way. But guess what? We're all single. So those are people who are single, and those are the groups that we have that are single and never been married. We have the adolescent or the teenager. Then we have the post-teenager or the young, and the young adult. And then we have that older adult. And I said responsible adult. I was trying to think of a good word. You know, like older adult. You know, I, I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. So that's the never been married group. Then you have the people who've been married, but they they uh, marriage has ended due to death or divorce. Now, those people are still unmarried. Those people are still single, but their expectation is different because they've been married. People who have not been married, they have not been in the marriage, the institution of marriage. So they can only think what marriage is like. They don't know what it's like. People who've been married, they know what marriage is like. So they have an expectation. So people who've been married and maybe their spouse has passed away, the way they view marriage is different. The way they view their unmarried or single state is different from someone who has never been married. The same thing with someone whose uh, marriage has ended due to divorce. Their marriage ended, and the way they look at marriage may be totally different than someone whose uh, marriage ended because their spouse died. But... The thing about it is it doesn't matter whether you're in the never been married or you've been married and your marriage uh, ended due to d divorce or death. It doesn't really matter. All those things are different. They're all different expectations. They're different ex experiences that we've had. But the standard's the same. And the goal of every believer, no matter which one of those you fall in, is the same, and that's pleasing God. So God isn't excusing any of us from accomplishing his will because of our experiences or our current situation. So what God is not saying, he's not saying because you are 28 and you've never been married and you figured you'd be married by the time you were 26. God is not saying, well, okay, you're a little bit behind on your life plan, so I'm going to give you a pass on accomplishing my will. I'm going to let you go do what you want to do. And then you can come back and do my will. No, that's not what God is saying. God is not saying because 
your marriage ended in divorce, that you can now sit back and say, oh, well, God, you can't use me anymore. That's not, no, God's like, no, you are where you are, and that's fine, and we're going to deal with that. But what we're going to do is you need to accomplish my will. That's what, he, that's what he's saying, no matter what situation that you're in. So God's not writing anybody off because of their past, uh, what they've done in their past or what they haven't done or their current position or their situation. But what we have to do is we have to get in position. So what does that mean? So we have to get in position. We have to be where God has placed us. We can't be where we want to be. And, and we're going to talk about what that means in just a second. But I go back to the teachings that we've had in the previous week. I must be with God and he will be with me. So when you think about that, so when you think about position, we're going to look at it in two ways. There's an external position and then there's an internal position. So the external position is what you see. So external position, you see right now I am behind this podium. Also, since we're talking about singleness, being single, external position. It's an external state. You could also call it a state, a status. That is what things you can see. You can, you can see those things. Internal position or state. That's the stuff you can't see. It's internal. So we've been talking about this a lot. That's going to be your heart. Your heart includes your emotions, your thoughts, your desires. Now, of course, we can't see those internal things. But the internal things, those internal, that internal state has a direct effect on your external position. So what's going on in my mind, my feelings, my emotion, or we like to say our, my heart, will affect what I do externally. So we're, we're talking about being single, so I'll use examples of being single. If I am not validated in, in myself, when I say validated, I don't know what I'm worth. I don't know what God says I'm worth. I am taking my worth based on what someone else has told me, maybe based on what society tells me or maybe my family or um, maybe somebody I knew a long time ago and I just said, said some really bad stuff about me and that's what I hold on to and that's what I'm taking my worth from. Then in my mind, even if you tell me something, like you come in and you say, oh, Sister Castillo, you look so pretty today, I won't take that as a compliment. I'll say, well, do I look ugly every other day? You know, you know but... Guess what? But you don't see that. All you see is I go, thank you. Because internally, it affected my response. Because my internal, in my mind, in my heart, I'm not validated. I don't know my value. My value, my worth is determined by God. But my internal affected my external. So how does that work in, in being single? Sometimes our internal, we're not really happy where we are. We're not settled. So we'll make decisions that cause us to get out of purpose or to jump ahead, and then those decisions will affect our status. So what does that mean? So um, I'll use this as an example. When I was uh, in high school, two of my best friends, one of my best friends, she, she her birthday's in December, mine's in September, so I'm a few months older than her. She got married before we graduated high school. We graduated on time. Now, we didn't take extra long. She wasn't older. Now, think about that. And we won't talk about all the stuff she went through in her marriage when she was 18 and 19 years old. Then I had another friend. She waited. She waited till July after we graduated. 
But see what I mean? If you don't have, there's something inside of you, and it'll make, and we won't talk about you, same thing. You you look at her life, you're like, man, she should have waited. I'm sure she would have. She even said, I should have waited. But internally, if it's something that you feel like, oh, internally something's going on. If I make this decision, it's going to make things better. That's how it affects our external state. Now, both my external and my internal positions are subject to change, right? Those are subject to change. But in order to be used by God, my internal position must be in alignment with him, even though my external position may never change. So, I'll say that again. In order to be used by God, my internal position must be in in alignment with him, even though my external position may never change. What that means is, break it down, no matter what is going on in my life, I need to be in alignment with God. Everything else is just everything else. I have to be in alignment with God. So when you think about that, it's a lot of things... um, and I'm going to take my time with this because I really want you to understand where I'm going here. It's a lot of things that as single people, like the best way to say it, it's a lot of baggage that goes along with being single. It doesn't have to be, but it's a lot of things that we put on ourselves and society has put on with the stigma of being single, right? And what happens is when you decide to take on those things, you, take, you can't take on what God has given you. You can't take on the position that God has given you. So what we have to understand is that God loves you right where you are. It doesn't matter what got you to this point. It doesn't matter the decisions that, were, that you made. It doesn't matter the decisions that somebody else made. God loves you where you are. So he's not waiting for some external thing in your life to change to love you. He's not waiting for some external thing in your life to change to use you. He's not waiting for you to get married. He's not waiting for you to get out of a bad relationship. He's not waiting for your children to be raised. He's not waiting for any of those things. He's saying, I know where you are. I knew you would be there. But guess what? I love you, and I can use you. So understand that that's what God is saying. Now, when we talk about getting in position, because we, we notice I said God wants to use you, but we've also been talking about being prepared to be used, right? Getting in position is not being prepared. Getting in position is necessary to be prepared. If you're out of position, you cannot be prepared. But just because you're in position does not mean you are prepared, okay? It's part of it. So don't say, oh, Sister Castile said, I got all this junk in my heart, but I'm in right position with God, so I'm ready to be used. No. Getting in position and being prepared aren't the same things, but I can't be prepared if I'm not in position. So I have to be in position. I have to be validated. I have to be confirmed in, and I have to be established and what God says I am. That, that's the thing. So what does God say I am? What is God's perspective of an unmarried believer? Go over to Romans chapter 5.
So Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to read it, and you're going to say, what? You're going to say, how is this? You didn't see anything about being single, being unmarried, but, but bear with me. So Romans chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 6. It says, for when, excuse me, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So, I know, right? What I told y'all I was going to talk about, it didn't really sound like that's what it was. Like, what's God's perspective of the unmarried? And then I started reading about salvation, right? I know. But look here. Single or married. When we were outside, God's great love for us, when we were sinners, when we were outside, we could not get to him. His great love for us made a way to get to him. Now that we're inside, that love is still there. He still has that great love for us. So guess what? It doesn't matter if you're single or not. God still loves you. God just loves you. How about we take that qualifier out? God just loves you. And guess what? His love has made a way for you not only to come back to him, but to be effective in him. God's not waiting for you to be different. So you don't have to wait for you to be different. He loves you right where you are. He wants you to accept that love. You know, a lot of times when I when we went through all those different types of, of single people, it's a lot of different things and a lot of different experiences that people have had. And sometimes it's hard for us to realize that there's unconditional love. There is unconditional love, and that love comes from God. We don't have to go asking anybody for it. You know what? We didn't ask God to love us. He just loved us. And now what he's saying is, I want you to accept that love. I want you to accept that love. I want you to realize that it's not about who you are, what you've done in the past, what you messed up in, what you didn't mess up in, what somebody did to you, what you feel like you should have, how many people should be asking you out on dates, whatever. It's not even about that. What it's about is that he loves you. And he says, okay, now that I love you, come in and get that love. And all of that drama that's going on in your head, all of those thoughts, all those things that you expect or you want or that you're longing for, you think you can never have because you messed up so bad, listen, don't worry about all that. Cut out the noise. Focus on my love. Focus on my love. And you, all the things that you're wanting, guess what? We're going we're gonna to handle those things. I'm going to handle those things. But you have to realize it's my great love that's pulling you in. Cut out all the noise. You know, we always talk about having a noisy head. Stop having a noisy head. Stop thinking about where you should be and what you should be doing or how somebody did you wrong or what what person is, should be dating you. They shouldn't be dating this person. They should be dating me or, you know, all of that stuff. Y'all know 
what you think about when you're single. I can't even think of all the things, but, you know, or like maybe if I lose 10 pounds, somebody will like me. If I do this, no, all of that, you know what, that's, that's drama. That's drama in your head. Let it go. Focus on the love of God. So what we have to realize is that there's nothing that you've done or that you are doing that you're thinking or that you're feeling that God doesn't already know about. So a lot of times what, um, and, and, and I'll just be personal, I know a lot of times, I guess in my 30s, it's different, I don't know about everybody, it's different when you're uh, single in your 30s. Because at that time, you're like, well, am I going to get married? Is it ever going to happen? Yeah, Sister Castillo thought that. Is it ever going to happen? Oh, my God, am I ever going to have children? And you have these feelings, and you maybe feel like, well, is it wrong for me to be questioning these things? Is it wrong to be thinking, you know, God, I see all these people getting married, and I see my friends doing this, and, you know, and, and, and it's not happening for me. And you're thinking these things, and you're like, well, God, is it, you know, I, I thought, well, God, should I even be thinking this? Shouldn't I be secure in who you are? And God was like, I, I, you're thinking them. I know you're thinking them. But guess what? He does know that I'm thinking those things. He knows that whatever you're thinking about. He, you, you know, you may be thinking, well, everybody has a boyfriend or everybody has a girlfriend except me. And why, do, you know, why does nobody like me? Guess what? God, God is like, okay, I hear that. I hear that. I understand that. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm, I want to deal with that. I want to help you with that. I want to help you through that. He, he's not going to give you a boyfriend. He's not going to give you a girlfriend. You may get a boyfriend. You may get a girlfriend. You may get married or whatever the thing it is. But he's going to help you deal with that. Remember, he loves you. Think about, think about people that you love. If they're going through something, you want to help them through it. Same thing with God. So you're thinking those things, you know, you're thinking, you know, you know, I, I remember thinking, you know, I'd just like to be able to come home and have somebody to talk to at the end of the day. Nothing wrong with that. It is nothing wrong with that. And guess what? God says, okay, I hear that. So it's nothing that you're thinking that God doesn't already know. He already knows. He knows you. So get over those things. And the thing about it is, and notice that I kept saying, I'm saying thinking. Because most of the time you're not, you may be saying some of these things to some people, but most likely you're not saying them to people who are spiritual. But understand that there's counsel out there. If, if you're feeling like, and, and, and take it from me, I took counsel. I got counsel. And it was just like, no, you, you, there are things that it's okay to want to be married. It's okay to sometimes say, you know, I, I think that would be a good thing. That's fine. But the thing about it is just stay focused. Just stay focused. Don't get don't get caught up. So kind of going with that is God's not ignoring your experiences. So a lot of times, you know, as believers, we come in and maybe things have happened in our past and now we're, oh, that's under the blood. Oh, that's covered. And all these things. But you still experiences, experience those things. So guess what? God's not ignoring those experiences. He knows you had them. Just like I just told you my experience with, you know, thinking about, well, you know, am, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to have kids? Those are experiences that I had. And God's not ignoring that. In fact, he just used it. He just used it to tell you guys, oh, those thoughts come up. So don't think that God is saying, God's not trying to have you bottle up your emotions and bottle up your feelings and bottle up your desires. What he's saying is let's deal with these things. Don't let these things fester and become a distraction for you. let he knows about it. You got to be honest with yourself. You know, let the, be honest with the internal, and then you can fix the external. 
Okay? Be honest. So God's not ignoring those things. So he sees all that. He wants to deal with those things. He wants to deal with those things that have happened in your past that maybe you don't even think are bothering you anymore. But you keep making these decisions or you keep having these feelings where maybe I'm not enough or maybe, God, can you really use me? I did this in my past. I did that. I did this. And God said, yes, yes, I can use you. But you have to, you have to let God love you the way he wants to love you. You can't, like, you can't say, God, your love can come 99 yards but not 100. You've got to let God come all the way in. And then he can, he can do what he needs to do. The thing about it is God's already given us a position in Christ. So what we have to do is we have to make sure we stay in that position. A lot of times the reason we are not in that position and we don't stay in that position is like I was talking about earlier, is our perspective of ourselves. We let everything else except God tell us who we are. Let's go over Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say... Through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members are members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So, how do we think of ourselves, right? That's what we're talking about. No matter what your marital status is, you're a member of the body of Christ. You're a member of the body. And everybody, every member in the body has work to do. So, you have work to do as a member right now. You don't have work to do when you get married or... You know, 10 years from now, after you get over your ex-boyfriend, or whatever the thing is that you're doing. You have to do that right now. What God is saying, you need to get in position so you can be who I've called you to be and do what I've called you to do, and you need to do that right now. So I can't let the wrong mindset keep me from doing the will of God. And what's the will of God? It's the work of the ministry. What did I say earlier? Our focus is service to God. That's the work of the ministry. That's where our focus should be. So I can't sit here and keep have my mind in such a way that I can be of no use to God. So what does that mean? I can't think of myself the way the world thinks of me so that I can't be any service to God. So what, let me make sure, let me get this one. Let me just say it really easily here, a little bit easier. I can't get so caught up in thinking that I am lesser because maybe I've, I'm single or I've never been married or I've never I've divorced or whatever. I can't get so caught up 
in what the world says I should be doing and how I should be responding to things that I can't serve God. That's really what it is. Because here's the thing. And I think about this all the time. I, I kind of laugh at the people at work because they really just don't know what's going on. You know, they're like, I know she's not married. She, she doesn't come in talking about boyfriends. We know she likes men. Uh, but, but that's the truth. That's the truth. You know, you know, you, you got to, yeah, you're like, no, no, yeah, I, I know what's going on. But um, then, you know, but they're like, well, well you know, um, these guys, she doesn't flirt back. You know, I'm like, well, you know, so they're trying to figure it out. I'm not telling them. It's just fun. It's just fun for me to sit there and watch them look like, what is the deal? You know, she she's confident. She doesn't have this issue. But the thing about it is, years ago, I figured out something. Well, God revealed something to me that he's the one who tells me who I am. He's the one who plans it out for me. And when I want to know what's supposed to happen next, guess who I go to? I go to him. Now, does that mean, like I said, that, that, that there are thoughts, that there are things that, you know, you think about and you're like, well, is it ever, is this going to happen to God? How is this going to work out? Yeah, those thoughts come up, but guess what? I don't go to the world for answers. Now, let me explain something to you. Remember I said I learned that years ago. It's something that you have to learn. It's something that you have to keep doing because you want to go to the world. Because, you know, like you, you want to be different, but you kind of want to be the same. You know, you don't want to be the one. You want to stick out a little bit, but you don't want to stick out a lot. You don't want to be the one that's saying, well, well, you know, she's 44. She's never been married. She don't have any kids. And, you know, nowadays that's different. She like a unicorn, but but when you think about it, that's that's it. Because the world says, the world says there are a lot of things. You either are totally career crazed, and you're climbing up the corporate ladder, and I should be making seven figures right now, and all these different things. Okay, then oh well, I'd be fine. Or I should have, I should be living with somebody. It amazes me how many people live together who aren't married. I'm just like. Sorry, I, I just, but but that's what the world says. Or if I'm not living with somebody, I should be kind of living with them. You know, you know what I mean. Calling in late because I spent the night at somebody else's house. But but let me tell you, that's what the world expects. And if not, then I need to be going on. Um, uh, what is this? Yeah, the websites, the Facebook dating, and what's the one? The swipe left, swipe right, all that kind of stuff. Tinder, not. I'm not spent. Okay. I'm not spending my money on that. I'm not. I'm sorry. But those that's what the world says. But guess what? I can't get my validation from the world. I can't do that. I can't get so focused on getting what the world says I have or even what I want. Because you may desire to be married. And we saw it's nothing wrong with desiring to be married. But what we should be seeking is the kingdom of God. No matter what the marital state but as a single, that's where you should be focused on. You should be focused on doing the will of God. So what I have to do is I have to get my mind in line with God's mind. Once again, marriage is a good thing. The Bible says so. Marriage is ordained by God. It's a covenant ordained by God. He wants people to get married. He, he says he wants you to get married. He wants you to raise a God and see. But the thing about it is you have to stay in his purpose. So I have to find out what God says about marriage, but most importantly, I have to say I have to find out what God says He wants me to do. 
Once again, I can't be so caught up with understanding a godly marriage that God is saying, but I know you want to understand a godly marriage, but I need you to be focused on this right now. You got you have to understand what God wants you to understand in the time that he wants you to do it. I have to manage how I feel about my marital status and stop letting people's, either mine or other people's expectations define me. Like earlier I was talking about, uh, you know, I thought I was going to be married by 25, but now I'm 31. Oh, my God, I'm six years behind. Or my mother always says she wanted grandchildren by this age. Or this is supposed to happen. This is supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen. you got to get over all of that. you got to get over all of that. And just let it go. You know, you got to say, okay, it is what it is. People are saying certain things. I'm having certain thoughts. But guess what? I'm going to line up with God's will. I'm going to go see what he says about the subject. I'm going to go search it out. You know, when you have those feelings, when you have those thoughts, really and truly, pick up the word. Start studying. Start reading. You know what? If, if you find that person who can give you that godly counsel and talk to them about that. Because let me tell you, if you get caught up in that, you're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to get outside the will of God. And I know when, you, when single people hear bad decisions, they automatically run to marrying the wrong person. No, you might make another bad decision. You may take a job that's wrong. You may decide that you're going to do something and not come to service like you're supposed to because you feel like, oh, everybody at church is married. No, everybody at church is not married. You know y'all know that. But some people will think that. You know, I, I've heard that people have left the church because it's just families there. Oh, it's not. It's a, it's a lot. We are family. It is just families here. We are family. But don't get caught. What I'm saying is don't get caught up in those expectations. When those things come in, because you will think those things, like I said, you got to read. You got to pray. You, you, you got to push. You got to want this. You got to want this. So I was saying there's no generic timeline or formula that my life has to follow. Because, you know, you think about it and you go through high school. You graduate high school, and like I said, either you get a job or you go to college. But you got like about a four- to five-year window, and then everybody expects you to have a, either go to grad school or get a, a bigger job and all these things. And by a certain age, there's an expectation that you should be married. Then you should have, buy a house, and then you should have some children. And then your children should do this by a certain age. You know, get a lot of people, oh, my child, they're 18 months old, they're not walking. Oh, what are my friends going to say? But it's all those expectations because you feel like, oh, I'm supposed to have done this. That's not the expectation you're looking for. Look for what God expects from you. Ask God, say, God, where am I on your timeline? How am I, what am I, where am I supposed to be right now? Because guess what? Wherever you are right now, God has purpose in this time. We've talked about dispensations. We've talked about fulfilling those, those purposes. Guess what? If you're distracted on getting something that you don't have, you're not going to fulfill where you are right now. You're not going to. And guess what? So if, I, I think I said this uh, Sunday, if in when you're four or five you don't learn your ABCs and you don't learn what those ABCs, those sounds make, guess what? You're not going to be able to read. So in this time, if you're supposed to get some things and fulfill some things, guess what? When the next time comes, so let's say this is how it works out. Let's say you're single and you are like, uh, you know, God, you, you good. We cool. We cool. I'm, I'm going to just do a few things. I know you're saying do all of this stuff, but, you know, I'm just going to pass. How about I do 72%, God? I'll give you a 2 extra because I passed with a 7. And, you, and you're doing all these things. And let's say you do get married. Now you're a wife. But guess what? You didn't fulfill what you were supposed to fulfill in your single life. So now you're a wife, 
and you got holes in your wife as a wife. So think, think of a wife as a, you now your wife in your whole circle, your bigger circle. But you got all these holes, and there are things that you're supposed to be able to do, and it's falling through all those holes. You can't do it because you were supposed to do it in that single state, but you were so caught up in getting to somewhere else that you missed those things that you were supposed to be putting in there. And now you want to go back and get them. But remember, Paul just told you, you're married. There's distraction in marriage. And now you're trying to play catch-up and you're out of season. And you can't do that. You can't do that. So while you're in this state, while you're in this state of being single, take advantage of the time. Take advantage of the time. I know a lot of people will say, oh, I'm single. I can go on all these trips. I can do all these things that married people can't do. And maybe you can. But what is God telling you to do with this time? You may be able to go on trips and stuff, but God may say, no, you sit your tail. You need to be at church. You need to be at church. Um, I'm going to let you have one week off. You need to be at church 51 weeks out of the year. You get one. You get to miss one Sunday. So that's it. But you, but everybody else, once again, that's that expectation. You're single. Why aren't you traveling with your, your girlfriends? Why aren't you? Ooh, flights are low. You know, they're scared. You can get on a cheap flight and run out over there, and you'll be back. You could just take a long weekend, but guess what? In the long weekend, you miss church. But what is God telling you to do with that singleness now? And you say, no, that's not sin. It's not sin to go on a trip, right? You can go on a vacation, but what is God telling you to do? Is he saying, or is he saying stay here and hear the word and get these things and do these things? Or is he saying go have, go have that trip? But once we have once we have an expectation of what the world says do, well, hey, that's fine. I'm single. I can do all these things. But what is God telling you to do? So I have to think about myself as God thinks about me. So I have to let go of what I think I'm supposed to be, what my family and my friends and everybody else thinks I'm supposed to be. One of the things that um, you think about, as, as I was studying this out, it, it, it was like, okay, I'll say this. We have to forgive ourselves. A lot of times we make bad choices or we do things that we shouldn't do. Sometimes we don't do things that we should have done. And we figure that out. And we get to a point where we're still, we still haven't forgiven ourselves. We're still holding ourselves captive in that. So think about that. You think about what we talked about with forgiveness. It was let it go, leave it alone, and cancel the debt. So there may be some things in your life that you've done that maybe you did it to somebody else, and they've forgiven you, and you realize you're wrong, but you haven't forgiven yourself. Remember that there were some choices that you should have made? You know, I thought I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, you know, I'm not married now, but there was a person that I should have married, and I just blew them off. Because I didn't want that. And now you want to say, oh, man, I, oh, and you just keep beating yourself up about it. And God's saying, forgive yourself. It's in the past. Let it go. Leave it alone. Cancel, cancel the debt. All that's over. You can't hold on to that anymore. That's what God's saying. Let it go. You can't use it as a crutch anymore. Well, I did this growing up. Well, you know... Um, you know, I, I got pregnant before I was married. I did this. I did that. God's saying, you know what? Did you add, Did you repent? Then forgive yourself. Let it all go. God said, okay, let's move on. Don't don't hold that. Don't hold that anymore. So another thing I was thinking, I was just kind of thinking away 
Singles think about themselves and the way the world thinks about singles. So no matter what's happened to you, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. No matter what you have done, no matter what somebody's done to you, no matter what you think they should have done, you're not a victim in this. You're not a victim of your circumstance. If you have children, guess what? Your children are victims. Now, we read over there in Romans 5 what God has done for us. He's canceled the debt. He's made us new. He's given us a way. So we don't have to live in that. And what I mean by victim, we don't have to be feeling sorry for ourselves. That's the thing. We don't have to feel sorry for ourselves. It is what it is. Like I said, forgive yourself. But where you are is where you are. And it, you know what? It is. It, you, whatever happened just happened. It's over. Have you, if it was sin, did you repent? Did you turn away from it? Okay. If it wasn't sin, now you, you did something that was just stupid? Okay. Move on from that. You're not a victim. Don't stay in that victim. Because let me tell you, God can't use you when you're feeling sorry for yourself. The thing about it is when you're a victim... You're, letting, you're saying that somebody or something has happened to you that's greater than God. That's what that is. So let's say that, okay, I'm just going to use me as, as an example. I'm 44. I've never been married. I guess I just, I don't know. There's just no good men out there, y'all. All the good men are taken. I guess I shouldn't have, I don't know. I guess I should have went to a different school. Da, 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 and I can just play the victim card. And that's what I can always think. I can always think that, you know what, it is something that is making me in this position and I'm just, it's just holding me down. That's, that's what the victim is. That's playing the victim. I can't do this because, you know, I don't think that I can um, really give God my all. I'm divorced. God's like, okay, you're not a victim of that. He's made a way for you to come out of that. You are not a victim anymore. So stop playing the victim. And what I mean by playing the victim, you're taking that on. Because God's saying, I, okay, do you, like I said earlier, God knows what's in your heart. He knows where you are now. He saw where you are now before you were even born. So it's not a surprise to him. So for instructions on how to deal with where you are now, go to him. Whatever feelings you, you're having, go to him. If you say, but Sister Castillo, I really do feel like a victim. Ask God how not to feel like a victim. Because he's saying, you're not a victim. I've made you a vic- I've made you victorious through Christ. I put you in him. That's the position you have. So you're not a victim anymore. You've got to get out of that thinking. You've got to start remembering that you're in Christ now. And he's given you the victory. He's placed you in his body. And guess what? You're not just in his body to just sit there and be a drain on the body. Like I said earlier, there are things that you have to do. There are things that God expects of you. And because he expects it, you are to get it done. He's not sitting around saying, oh, well, you know, they, they want to be a victim for another six years, so I'm just going to let that slide. He's not. What you have to understand is you're not an afterthought when it comes to God. God's not saying, I want to deal with the married people, and then I want to deal with the single people. No, he's saying, I want to deal with my people. Remember, in the, when, I, when I read those scriptures, what God thinks about God's perspective on a believer and what we're supposed to think about ourselves or our position, none of that talked about a single or married, unmarried believer, a single or married believer. And when we read that over in 1 Corinthians, like I said, if you read it, Paul was like, 
married or single, whatever it is, attend to God without distraction. That's the thing. God didn't say, I'm going to save you and make you and, 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 ha- and have you sanctified and holy if you get married at a certain age or if you don't get divorced or if your husband or your wife doesn't pass away. God just said, this is who I've made you. This is what I have for you to do. So God is not dependent on your state. Remember? So we have that internal that state or the internal position that we have to get into. We have to remember what God has done for us. We have to remember the love that he has for us, and that's what we have to focus on. We can't let our situations and our circumstances dictate to us how we're going to serve God. Because when it all comes down to it, the thing about it is, at the end of the day, let's go back over to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to read this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to read verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both that they, that, excuse me, both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as, as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. There's going to come a time it doesn't matter what happened. It's all going to pass away. So what we have to do over here in verse 35, it says, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that which that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. That's what's important, that we attend upon the Lord without distraction. It doesn't matter what's going on. Not, no, let me say it a bit different way. What's going on does not stop you from attending to the Lord without distraction. Things matter. There are things that are going to come up in your life. There are things that are probably happening in your life that do matter. But it doesn't stop you from serving God faithfully. It doesn't stop you from accomplishing what he wants you to accomplish in this state. You can't waste the time that you have right now. So as single believers, like like I said, we're focusing on single with purpose, purpose and singleness. Don't waste this valuable time. Like we were looking over here um, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it was saying that those who are married, they have to care for their family. They have to care for their wife or their husband. There are certain things that a husband and a wife, there are certain things that God requires of you in that marriage. So that is a distraction. But as someone who is single, guess what? You can attend totally and completely. That is a distraction you don't have. Marriage is a distraction. It's a good distraction. If you're in marriage, remember we talked about if you're married, stay married. But if you're not married, don't don't get distracted by becoming married. Just do what God has called you to do. Focus on what he's called you to do and accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. Don't waste the valuable time that God has given you because you may never have this opportunity again. Especially, you know, I think about it. There are things, and we're going to get into this next week. Um, there are things as we're, as our church, we're preparing. There's preparation. There's preparation in each and every one of our individual lives. Some of us are at different stages or being prepared for different things. And sometimes preparation takes on a different I'm going to use cooking. Sometimes you can throw something together like you can prepare something, and it only takes a little while. The prep time only takes a little while, and it's not that intense. 
But other things, there's more intense. There's more things that you have to prep. There's more things you have to get ready. Like you may have to start, depending on what you're making, you may have to start three days out. And you may have to work all those things up. Some people who are single and some people are married, but some people are in those type of preparation stages where God is saying, no, all the rest of it, you cut it out. I want you to focus directly on me. The reason I can say this is because he's told me that. I can, I'm speaking from experience. God is saying, no, you don't even have time for that. No, no, you don't, you don't have time. No, don't even answer that email. Don't even answer that text. You don't have time for that. But you can't waste that valuable time. You waste that valuable time because then, then when it's something else, you're not ready to do it because you're not in position. So what we have to realize is that there's purpose for the state that we are in. It is not a holding state. It is not um, a waiting room. It's not, you know, some people would think you, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't sin more than somebody because somebody else is married and you're not. I know some people think like that. You know, my blessing is God's going to give me a hug. It happens like that. But what you, and you know, the thing about it is, we have to, those, those, those are myths. That's not true. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has their own timeline. So what we have to do is we have to go to God and say, God, what do you want me to accomplish right now in this time? So I'm not going to start this tonight, but next week we're going to get into the part of moving with purpose. So we get in position. And remember, we get in position, we get in the position that God has put us in. We're in his family. He's placed us in the body as he sees fit through Jesus Christ. It's by his love that we're there. It's by his love that he keeps us. So once we're in position, now we've got to do what he called us to do. So we've got to move with purpose. And we're going to talk about that next week. Amen? Amen. You may stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.